0: We are going through the book of Nehemiah, and today we're on chapter 11. And uh, yes, we do. If you read ahead, we see it's another long list of names, but we're going to see really some practical application from this. We're going to see how that God uses people. God uses ordinary people. Some of these people, their name is mentioned one time in scripture. In fact, there's other people, it doesn't even name them, it just mentions this group of people and these people but yet the truth that we see is that that all of us are part of God's redemptive story for mankind and we aren't significant but the story's significant because it's God's story and God is using us as his people and God is using just ordinary everyday people like you and like me and we see this here and we're in Nehemiah chapter 11. So there's, we, we, we studied the last couple of weeks, this revival that takes place when the word of God is read and it's revered. And, and then this prayer of, of confession before God. And then we see, um, we, we looked at uh, chapter uh, number 10 and that, that, that these people um, here that they, they, they signed and sealed this covenant before God they were making a commitment that they even though they and their fathers and their grandfathers and great-grandfathers had not been following God had not been raising their families to follow God they said this changes today and we are signing we are sealing this covenant that we are going to follow God that we are going to raise our families to follow God and, and what a great application that we Uh, Saw in chapter number 10. So now in chapter 11, so the, 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 temple of course is, is, is up and going under Ezra and Zerubbabel and Nehemiah comes to help rebuild and secure the city. Now they need for the city to be populated. They want people to come and they want people to now live here in the city. See for a city to prosper and to be great. It has to be populated. So for over 70 years, Jerusalem had been a ghost town right after the captivity. Yes, there was a remnant left and now people are, are coming back in, in uh, different phases. But the, the, the city needs to be populated. Nehemiah knew this. He knew that with a bigger population at Jerusalem, the greater resources that they would have in the city. He didn't want to rebuild these walls just for someone to come through and conquer it yet again and, and for the city to be destroyed, but they needed people to dwell in the city. So the leaders are living in the city. Now they wanted people to come back and to populate the city. It says the rulers of the people dwelt at Jerusalem and the rest of the people, they cast lots to bring one of 10 to dwell in Jerusalem, the holy city, nine parts to dwell in other cities. So they're trying to get people to come back to Jerusalem. There's people scattered all around the city. They want the city to then be populated. So they are really rolling the dice to see who's going to come back to the city. This casting lots. We see it was a, a practice in the Old Testament where it was just similar to us of rolling dice or drawing straws and They were, and Proverbs even talks about that, how that like, you know, really, you know, the the lot is cast, but ultimately, you know, God knows what the results will be and God is in control of those results. Well, they're trying to get people to come back here to the city of Jerusalem. They want the city to be populated. They needed people in the city. I think practically speaking that we have this same heart. We want to see our city flourish we want to be a church that's in the city because god called us here to be in the city now the church that i ministered in for but before uh we came and planted cross point was in a small town and some of you guys were there and grew up in that town and 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 i loved a lot of things about the small town miss a lot of things about the small town But I know that God has called us as Crosspoint Baptists to be here in our city, to be a church for our city. And while primarily our desire as a church is to see the spiritual growth of our city, to see people come to a transforming faith in Christ, we also want to see our city grow. We want to see our city flourish, that the the reality is this as as believers like we our neighborhood should be better because we're in them our church or our city should be better because cross point baptist church is here in this city and we desire that we want to be a church for the city this is why we planted a church 2 years ago in Rock Island, and they are, Pastor Caleb is in uh, really the, the, the heart of the city in Rock Island. Thank you for those that have, have ministered there in the last couple of weeks. I know the Sparks are there today just helping minister uh, to some of the needs that they have there, and I know some of you are going to here uh, in the near future, but the, the reality is that, that the, the city needs more churches, not fewer churches. Now everywhere needs churches, right? So this is not a this is not a, a a slam against smaller towns. Or yeah, I mean honestly, depending on where you come from. Maybe you think Davenport's a small town, you know. For me, it's like this is a pretty good-sized city of a hundred thousand people. We need more churches within the city. There was a, a trend in the 90s where a lot of churches they left the city, they left the urban places, and they would go to The suburbs for a number of different reasons but the ironic thing about it as i've read and kind of studied this a little bit that then it seemed like the churches were very critical of how bad the cities were and it's like well if the churches are leaving this not all but as the churches were leaving the cities and then complaining about how bad the cities were well We're taking out light. Now, God has his people and has his church and has his believers all over the world. This is something that one of the things I, I enjoy and love when I've been able to travel a couple different times to different mission fields and even places where there are, you know... Statistically speaking, there's very few believers or very few churches. But to see, though, even in those places, God has his church. That there are believers that are growing and thriving. And the gospel is advancing all over the world. But we feel we are called to Davenport to be a light of many here in the city. And we don't need fewer churches in our city We need a whole lot more. That's why I get excited when I hear about other gospel preaching churches that are going and growing. I think about our friends at uh, Sacred City who just got in a new building that they have been praying for for years and years. And just how God is blessing them in in an amazing way. I think about uh, my friends at The Rock Church who just got in a building a couple years ago and they started a second service already. I think about my friends at Passion Church who they just uh, recently announced that they're going to add a second service. And, and, and those are just the people I'm connected with of other fellow gospel-preaching churches. And I know there's other good gospel-preaching churches that I'm just maybe not super connected with. But that excites me. That th- Those are our fellow laborers, amen? It's not a competition. No, we are together, united in being a church for our city. And there's some really good and really exciting things happening. But as you know, because we highlight this often, there's a great need in our city. There's a tremendous need in our city. Statistically speaking, that the Quad Cities is one of the least churched areas in the United States, which probably comes as a surprise to you. Now, some of you not, not so much because you've heard me highlight this and talk about this over the last couple of years. But th- to see that, that, that this area in the Midwest even is a place where there's not as many churches as we need, where there's a great need for more churches. And we planted Cross Point Baptist eight years ago. We knew that God wanted us to move and minister here in the city. Not that we couldn't have made the, the commute from Geneseo, but we knew that this was, we're going to minister in this city. We want to live in the city that God has called us to. Those of you guys that helped us plant Cross Point Baptist did the same thing. Now it took the Van Wyss like seven years, but finally they moved to Davenport. And the reality is this, that we, the, the city needs more believers. The City needs more churches. Here, the rulers wanted people to come back to the city. They wanted the city to be populated because they realized the need for People There to be in the city. Practically speaking, we see the same thing. We're not called to go rebuild walls in Jerusalem. We are called, though, to be the light in our city or whatever city, whatever town that you live in. Right. This message isn't everybody who doesn't live in Davenport move to Davenport. No, that'd be a big mistake if God's not calling you to do that. The point is wherever God has you, he has you there for his purpose. Be a light in that place you live. Be a light in your neighborhood. Be a light where you work. Be a light at the school that you go to. Be a light where God has placed you. This is why we are excited about this next phase of ministry. And we're praying that God will use this building to be a great tool where we can gather together more people. More, The church can grow To where not just because it's, you know, because we want a certain number, but it's more people we can minister to. More people we can love and serve. More people that God is going to save and bring in to our Crosspoint family. And we trust that thousands of lives are going to be transformed by the power of the gospel. Families will be restored. The city is going to be made better for the glory of God. Now, again, first and foremost, it's a great spiritual need. But it's not only the, the the spiritual. Too often, I think we try to separate the the sacred from the secular. Now, there is a great danger of just doing good things and nice things, but not giving the truth of the gospel. Right? We see that we see that sometimes. And it's it, do we want to f- feed the hungry? Yes. Do we want to uh, provide shelter for the homeless? Yes. Do we want to provide material goods for those in need absolutely but that's not the greatest need the greatest need is that people would come to know jesus christ as their lord and savior but the reality is this as god saves us he changes us as god as as people as a city sees more people come to christ the city should be better for the glory of god because of that truth and so this, once again, can, there's a balance here. There's a consistency. This isn't a, a message of a prosperity gospel. But yet we believe that following God's ways work. Now, if you're a faithful follower of Christ, that doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy road. It doesn't mean that you're, you're going to be healthy and wealthy. In fact, we see often it's the opposite of that. Because of people's commitment to Christ... It cost them everything because of their faith in Christ. They had they 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 lost everything that they had. So this isn't a health and wealth gospel. But the reality is this, that the more that our city submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ as our savior, Jesus Christ as our Lord, we believe the better our city will be for it. And honestly, I love being in the Quad Cities. I love living here. This is where God has called me. And, you know, sometimes we joke about the winners and how hard it is in the Midwest. And, you know, but I, I think, you know, really there, there can be a danger of always looking over the fence. Always looking at, oh, you know, one day things will be better. And one day I'll be present where you're at. You know, it, nothing wrong with, with having dreams or plans. And here's the thing. God may call me one day away from the Quad Cities. I don't think he will. My desire, my plan, I feel like my calling is to be here in the Quad Cities. I hope all my kids live in the Quad Cities their entire life and probably won't work out that way. But I hope they do. That's my prayer. That's my desire. But the point is, be present where God has placed you. Wherever you're at, realize that God has a purpose for you in that place. Don't always be looking over the fence. Now, also, be reminded that, you know, when you make plans, understand that it's God who has the authority to change those plans, as he often He may. But be content where God has placed you. I found this interesting when we went to purchase the the building that we have now and when we went and we were talking to the bank about a loan on the property they like rather bluntly asked me said what what are your plans like like personally what are your plans like how long do you plan to be here like uh, you know something i don't know like why are you at, why are you grilling me on this but Basically, what they wanted to know was, do you plan to plant your roots here? Are you planning to minister here for a long time? And I thought that was interesting. Once again, God can change things in our lives. Amen. God often does. But I truly feel this is where God has called me. I believe this is where God has called our family to be. And i'm excited for the many opportunities here in our city so we see that the the rulers here they wanted for people to come back to the city and then in verse number two it says and the people blessed all the men that willingly offered themselves to dwell in jerusalem so the guys that didn't get picked were like praise god for you guys you know what a blessing you guys are you willingly offered yourself and that just kind of was humorous like really though did they I mean, they were rolling the dice to see who was getting picked to go. But what, what we see is these people that went, that even though they had like this draft, so to speak, they had this pioneer spirit. They were willing to leave the comfort to go where they were called to go, to go where God wanted them to be, to go where they needed to be. And so the people blessed them that were willingly offered to That willingly offered to go to jerusalem they had this pioneer spirit but god's leading and calling for them actually meant leaving what was comfortable so once again all right right, if you live out in the country god bless you and if if god told you to live there and, and 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 want you to live there don't leave right But the practical application for all of us is this, that many times God's leading causes us to step outside of the comfort zone. Amen? It causes us to leave what we're used to, what we're comfortable with. And many times, it's like God just pushes us out of that nest where we don't really have much of a choice. But following God's leading many times means that it's not choosing the path of least resi- of least resistance. It can be challenging, it can be risky, but it is a glorious blessing. If you and I are following what God has called us to do and we're follow if we're following where God has called us to go. For some of you, this practically speaking, this is you, you've seen this in your life. You've recently changed really your profession, your line of work, and you felt God was leading in that way and you tried to pray on it, and, but yet it meant leaving a comfort zone. Now, that doesn't always mean that that's God's will just because you're leaving something to, to do something harder, but sometimes it does. In fact, many times it does. And I think that sometimes. We look as at adversity and difficulty as, oh, well, God must be shutting that door. But maybe not. Maybe God is leading you or leading me to step outside of that comfort zone. And this is where we need to know God's word and understand biblical principles and why we need to be praying, asking God to lead us and asking God to guide us. But may we have this pioneer spirit to follow wherever God leads us to go. And being here in the city isn't always easy. Being the church, particularly where God has placed us, isn't always the most comforting and easy task. See, remember we talked about Nehemiah earlier, how that he faced all this opposition and all this difficulty. But one of the things that sustained him was he knew that that's what God had called him to do. You know what's going to sustain you and me during difficult times and challenging times? Is knowing that God has called us. And knowing that not only will, has God called us to something, but God will provide, God will sustain, God will equip, and God will empower You know, there's a lot of times where the easy road would be to, "Ah, I'm just going to, I'm going to quit doing this. Like, I think about even like as a church where every church, just about every church will say, we're a church for the messy. We're a church for the broken. And we say, amen. Right? Like that's because that's all of us. Amen. But then that gets messy and it gets difficult. Things don't always work out how you wish and want them to. There's an element of risk that's involved with that for a church. There's an element of uncomfortableness and brokenness and more problems and more drama. It gets uncomfortable. But it's also a great blessing to be doing what you know, what I know that God has called us to do. And really the message is this uh, on on this point and this truth is that as a church now is not the time to shrink back now is not the time to be afraid now is not the time to to to, to cave in now is a time to be courageous for the cause of christ amen to stand firm on truth to be a church that yes wise and discerning and and, and aware and prepared but Also, a church that is truly going to reach out to our city and to our community. We see that these people, they went and they were blessed by by those uh, who weren't going to go. They said that bless all the men that that willingly offer themselves to dwell at Jerusalem. So now we see, we're going to read a bunch of names of the people that are now going to go. And dwell in the city. So you have the rulers of the tribe of Judah. Jerusalem dwelt certain of the children of Judah and of Benjamin. The children of Judah. And Athiah, the son of Uzziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Amariah, the son of uh, Shepetiah, the son of Mahaliel, the son of Perez, or, uh, of the children of Perez and Masai, uh, The son of Baruch, the son of Jose. Kol, uh, the son of Haziah, the son of, of Adaiah, the son of Joiarib, the son of Zechariah, the son of uh, Shiloni. All the sons of Perez that dwelt in Jerusalem were, forced, were 400, threescore, and eight valiant men. So you have the rulers of Judah. Next you have uh, verses 7 through 14, the rulers of Benjamin. Verse 14, it says, Their brethren were mighty men of valor, and 128, and their overseers was Zabadiah the son of one of the great men. So, in the city you've got all kinds of different people and one of the people or groups of people they point out are there are some valiant men there's some mighty men well we've been studying here in nehemiah like they've got real legitimate threats against them and so part of the people they need in this city are valiant men this would be equivalent to maybe like our military or our, our law enforcement that are going to be there to help protect the city. And they see the need for this. They need they see the need to protect the city here. And, you know, we look at today, we're thankful for everyone in our city. And we're thankful for, specifically, for those that God ordains to be, uh, as, as, as Romans talks about, that God has raised up government one of the purposes of government is to be a terror to evildoers to keep evil in check because the reality is this evil doesn't stop itself God restrains evil and God is in control over it but God uses good men who are going to stop evil to protect these are valiant men these are mighty men and The reality is that all of us are called to some extent of being defenders and protectors of those who can't defend and protect themselves. But thank God for those people that God raises up to keep evil in check. You look at the crazy world that we're in. I mean, honestly, all of us, I don't think we should live in fear and be panicky, but it's like you've got to be prepared in our day and age. And I've talked about that before because we see this principle in Nehemiah about he trusted God and he was praying, but also they were prepared. They were ready. They had people standing guard, standing watch. This is, once again, why we have security cameras, why we have a security team. And as we see now almost daily on the news, there's a lot of crazy, evil people in this world. And what stops evil is the good men that God raises up to stop evil. And so we see that there's these valiant men. There's these, there's men that are there to protect the city. Uh, we see the, the rulers of the Levites in verse, uh, 15 through 19. And then, uh, the, 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 the outskirts of Jerusalem, uh, verses 20 through through 24. And then, uh, the, the, the dwelling places of the tribe of Judah, the different villages that we see, that are uh, verses 25 through, uh, through verse 36. And we see that God truly cares about all of these people. That these are ordinary, for the most part, just ordinary, everyday people. But they all had a role and a part here in what God was doing in this city and in this place. I mean, these names that we can barely pronounce, many of these names, they're, they're mentioned one or two times in all of Scripture. But yet what we see is the significance is that God has a place and that God has a purpose for every one of them. And I think for us, we need to understand this truth. Now, none of us are significant or great because of anything about us. But what God has called us to do is significant. Because it's for his glory. It's significant because it's what God created us to do. It's significant because it's what God has equipped you to do. What he's equipped me to do. So as we close, we look at really, I want to give you two practical applications. Number one is this. Ministry involves living where God leads you. Living where God leads you. And being involved there. The neighborhood that you're in right now, be involved in that neighborhood. The school that your kids go to, your grandkids go to, be involved. Now, there's certain capacity that God has given you, certain gifts, certain resources where, where, you know, it might look different than, than the person next to you, how much you can be involved, but part of ministry involves living where God has you and Seeking the welfare of that place. Remember back, now this is years prior, where Jeremiah the prophet, you know, everybody thought, man, this guy is so negative. Jeremiah, dude, ease up. Like, Jeremiah's predicting that this captivity is not going to end soon. You're going to be there 70 years. And, the, you know, the, the, there's false prophets saying, no, this, don't listen to Jeremiah. This guy's negative. Man, this guy is just always this doom and gloom. It, Jeremiah was speaking truth. He said, you're going into captivity and you're going for 70 years. But then he tells them, here's what you need to do when you're in captivity. Plant gardens, build houses, take wives, marry. In other words, he says, seek the welfare of your city. Because when you seek the welfare of the city that you're in, it's going to be for your benefit as well. That that when God blesses the city, you're going to be blessed by it. And... And what an application for us. Be present where God has placed us. Be the light where God has placed us. Be involved where God has put you and and placed you because he has put you there for a purpose and for a reason. And be the very best you can be at it for the glory of God. God's calling for you is going to look different than mine. But what God has called you to do, be present What God has called you to do, be willing. This is what I I love about our friend, uh, Drew Kaufman, who's running for school board in Davenport. Why? Because he sees there's a need. And instead of just complaining about the need, hey, I'm willing to do something about it. And I love that spirit. I love that attitude. It's the reason why... Some of you, many of you, are involved in things like Hope at the Brick House and Pregnancy Resources and those that, why? Because there's a need in our city and you're going to be involved in that. It's why Ryan and Kelly started an after school program at the school their kids go to. And what a blessing that that is. It's why we have an after school program for the kids in our neighborhood here because where God has placed us. We should be willing to be involved. Ministry involves not just living where God leads you, but ministry involves serving in the capacity that God has equipped you. We see this here. In the city, who came? Who was moving back? Who was going to dwell in Jerusalem? Well, there were spiritual leaders, there were soldiers, there were builders, there were gatekeepers, gatekeepers, there were servants, there were temple workers some of them are named some of them aren't even named just a group of people is is named but the importance is this that we don't seek prominence we just seek to be faithful where has god placed you what has god called you to do how has god equipped you use those gifts not in your own strength relying upon him but use those things for the glory of god understand your calling there now once again if god hasn't called you to run for school board that'd be a huge mistake to do it look if god hasn't called you in certain er areas you need to follow what god's leading you to do but the point is this that god has equipped all of us and we as a church we as a church should be here for the betterment of our city not just physically speaking but to be a light To be that city that's set on a hill. To be the light of the world. Because this world is dark and it's getting darker. But what an opportunity for us as believers to be that light. To be those that are going to speak truth in a world that despises truth. To speak what is right. To speak the gospel of Jesus Christ despite what the cost may be. But as Christians... And we also realize as we're speaking truth, as we're standing for righteousness and what's right. May we also realize that like our city should be better because of us. That's why I love being able to do things like we did last night. Just be a blessing to our city. Who knows what doors God will open through that. I've been amazed at the different outreach things that we've done. Where sometimes it's years later that we see fruit from that. And you never know. What God, how God will use that. But as a church, you guys are doing an awesome job. But there's more work that we need to do. We are called to be here in our city. And let's continue to be a church that is a light to our city. Let's thank God for the many churches that God has raised up in our city. But may we recognize the great need. And as we see here... That that Nehemiah, these leaders, they wanted the city to be populated. and, And what these people had to recognize was that following God's leading sometimes meant leaving a comfort zone. For you, for me, following God's leading in our life might mean that we step out of that comfort zone. Kids at school, like, speaking for Christ, standing for Christ. And again, do it in a wise way and discerning way. But... ...it's not going to be maybe the most popular thing. You're going to have to step outside of that comfort zone. For us as adults, like the, the people that, that we work out with... ...the people that we, that, 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 that we watch our kids play sports with... ...the people at, at your job, like speaking out for Christ... ...is not always an easy thing. Sometimes it means leaving that comfort zone. But following God's leading, yes, might be difficult... ...but it's also a glorious blessing... We see that God has had a purpose for each and every one of these people in Jerusalem thousands of years ago. And God has a purpose for you and me where we live. The neighborhood that we live in, the town that we live in, the city that we are in. God has a calling for us. God has a purpose. Don't seek prominence. Just seek to be faithful. God, thank you.